tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You're listening to Rabot Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, Monday, it's come and gone. Tuesday, come and gone. Wednesday edition, Rabot Co. here, ESPN 680, 1057. I'll take you up until noon. Bobby V's got you after me. And then, of course, uh, roundtable 3 to 6. We'll go local till 6 p.m. here uh, on what do you call, Zach? Did you have a name for two days after Christmas when you were growing up? No, just a waste of time. <laughs> I mean, let's just be real. From Christmas until New Year's, this is the least productive time of year. Like anything that happens between now and then should so not So what count. did you what you don't have a name for what the day was yesterday, what the 26th is? We call it St. Stephen's Day at my house. St. Stephen, why is that? Uh, it is it is uh traditionally the day that you celebrate St. Stephen. He was the first uh to die of martyrdom. There you go. In the Christian tradition. So you get the day after Christmas for that guy. Do you know who today is? No, I don't. All right, so St. John today. A little biblical to start the show. How about that? Oh, I uh, thought we were doing Rick Pitino there. <laughs> Did you see the tweet yesterday that St. John's put out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody want to tell them? <laughs> it's forgiveness, Zach. That's what Christmas is all about, It's all right? about forgiveness. Well, St. John, get into the... Uh, Holy Innocence, nice couple of days. Oh, fun time of year. It's great uh, when you have little kids get to do Christmas. They just, uh, they love it, man. Uh, I, and I live in a house, Zach, uh, where I have an 11 year old who has told me that the Tooth Fairy, bunk, Santa Claus, going strong. Now, you have to ask yourself is the 11 year old just smart and he knows that's the best way to get presents? It's a fair question, good listener. It is a fair question. Of course. I don't think I'm that good of a parent, though. <laughs> If I raised them enough to know that just running along with Santa at 11 keeps that going, man. Tell you what. Oh, Lordy. All right. Well, Zach Cantrell, Louis Rebeau, hanging out with you. I got you for a couple hours. All right. So Friday, not a total news dump, but boy, we went off air at 11.57 and 11.58. A WDRB article drops that Kenny Payne's going to keep the job. And I am not so vain to think that that was fully timed for me. Oh, my favorite woman on first take is back on today. Here we go. This is a good day, Zach. It's a good day. How about that? A little St. John, a little little attractive woman on first take. All right, so. Not Molly Karen, by the way. It's not Molly Karen. You're correct. And we'll have uh, have Mike Gandolfo's usual spot at 1020. 
uh, today. We'll get you ready for the UK bowl game tomorrow. We have not wrapped up last week with him. Louis going to start speaking Aramaic any time now. <laughs> Four three seven nine six eighty is our UPS job tax line. And look, it's it is. It was heard saying, by the way, that Kenny Payne is going to continue to coach. Quote, Kenny and I have had a number of conversations throughout the last week, and Kenny is going to serve as our head coach as we move into the new year. And I'm going to do what I have to do, or what I do with every one of our programs, which is evaluate what's happening throughout the season. Okay, fair enough. And he's now 9-35, and obviously, with the job. And, and I'm not, you know, on Friday, Zach, you, you were visiting with family in Columbus. I was glad to hear that that went well. I said, I think people need to get ready for Josh Hurd not to make a change. Because if he really did learn from Jurich, then this is what you're going to do. And I think there's a chance, man. I mean, Steve Crackthorpe got a third year here when it was very obvious it was not going uh, the way you wanted. And, and there was contention over that. And he was willing to go to battle over that. Uh, it was Tom Jurich. You wonder with this. Is Josh Hurd ready to battle for Kenny Payne, or is this a move to make it appear as though he is battling for Kenny Payne? And I think it's the second one. I think the play here for Hurd is, because at this point we are now, he decided to cross the line where this isn't just what Kenny Payne's doing, he's also lumped in with what's happening on the court. Fair or not, it is the job. So I do think it's fair, by the way, but fair or not to to anyone listening, the losses are now on him as well. 50 on Kenny, 50 on Josh Hurd, period. To me, he he took on, he assumed some of the guilt for that record. A lot of wonder and debate and conversation about whether he got to actually do the hire, a reminder that when this happened, he was still a couple of weeks away from his interim tag being lifted. So I'm going to make a joke, Zach, and I hope it lands. I'm warning everyone ahead of time. We've heard some people say last year didn't count for Kenny Payne. So you can't count that four and 28 season. Okay, great. Well, if Hurd was the interim when he hired Kenny Payne, that means it doesn't count, right? Because now he's the, he's, the actual, he's the actual AD, right? Okay, huh? right, right. Isn't that how this works? Jeff Brown doesn't get credit for this season, right? If that was, if Kenny Payne's season last year was, it was what the U of L fan base did and what the program did, then Jeff Brown doesn't get credit for this year. Scott Satterfield does. <laughs> what a ridiculous premise. What an absolutely hideous premise. And I know that 99% of UL fans know better. I know that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not lecturing anybody about this. I know that you know. That's why I'm making the joke. By the way, there's a text out here about lights under Louisville. I'll get into that in a minute. We definitely went. I have opinions. 437-9680. UPS Jobs text line. Keep them coming. I don't think this is as surprising as some of the people around here. And I mentioned this on Friday. I, I, I thought out loud. Is there actually going to be a change, or is this the desire of people that I work with that there is a change, right? Hey, we're going to do extra coverage this weekend. There's going to be more things to do. But we didn't have any indications of that. We didn't have those kinds of words coming from the athletic director's office. We didn't have those kinds of 
indications, frankly, from within the basketball program. At the end of the season last year, Payne laughed about the idea of even talking about his job status. He laughed about the idea of making a coaching change. The staff is so bad there isn't someone to throw to on an interim basis. And, and frankly, the guy I made a case for in Nolan Smith put out that he's doing cameos for Christmas for 60 bucks. He makes $400,000 a year to, to, to be a sideshow, man. To be on Barstool talking about getting dudes, it doesn't happen. To wear Nikes to events, I, I just, I... And you're going to go, I mean, just read the room, brother. You just lost by 20 to Kentucky and throw down a cameo? <laughs> I just don't. It's stunning to me. The only part that's stunning is that I'm still stunned. <laughs> that's what I should say out loud. I should admit that it's my fault at this point for being surprised by any of this garbage. It's garbage. I, I, it should be me that 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 says that apologizes. I just don't. I don't know. And a texter texts in, and this is a question. I'm so glad it came from the text line, and not from me. Four three seven nine six eighty. What's the point of making a change right now? I don't think it'll change attendance or wins. Can save a couple million and might only make U of L fans less angry on social media for a couple of months. How much NFL did you watch the last couple days, young Zankotro? Uh Just about all that was available. Okay. I, I want to equate this to the NFL, this question, because I think this is the centerpiece of the debate, is how do you move forward and why would you make a change? Now, as opposed to just let them ride it out, and then at the end of the season, go ahead and do that. The most overrated headline right now in the NFL is Antonio Pierce. As being a long-term solution in the NFL. Right. To me, they, they literally had a scoop and score in, a, in, a, in an INT for a touchdown, and that's how they won a football game. They couldn't complete a pass. Now, that's not entirely on him. That's a, that's a, that's a personnel issue. That is a, you know, a, a general manager type issue to not have enough pieces that that kind of thing is happening. But you cannot say that they're not incredibly better and that they're not playing a different way. You have to admit that that's happening. I have to admit that's happening. And I think that could happen here. No question. I mean, I think that could absolutely happen here. And I don't I don't know why people can't just watch that game. And how the guys reacted and what the sideline was like and not think that that can't happen here. Of course it can happen across the street. Of course they can put that together. I do not know what that looks like. But as far as just purely the, the idea of making a change midseason, what do you accomplish? It's that. Yes. And, and here is the larger point about it. I'm not even talking about the guys in the locker room. I'm not talking about the coaches. I'm not talking about the athletic staff. At this point, we're talking about the fan base. At this point, we are talking about an empty Yum Center. We're talking about over 50% blue for the UK UofL game in your home building. That's what we're talking about. And the idea that, that just any kind of change away from what isn't working, it's not working. Everyone agrees on that. It's not working right now. 
The only case for Kenny Payne is that it would work in the future. It's not that it's working now. Antonio Pierce is showing you just a change in mindset, even, can make this better. No one, Does anyone really think that this is a team with no talent on it, on the Louisville side? No, that's not the argument people are making. They did last year. I heard it a lot last year. I sat across from a guy who's six foot nine who told me the entire year they had no dudes. <laughs> and he was right, by the way. He was right about that part. Yes. He was wrong about the coaching. He was right about the players. That's right. I simply, if you watch the Raiders this weekend and you could not translate that in your mind to Louisville basketball, we just think about sports differently. And that's fine. However, I think it's such a glaringly obvious good example of what can change simply in a locker room by. By, by that change, by one person. Now, I, I think Antonio Pierce, is, it, it's overrated a little, him long-term as an actual head coach. That said, whatever he's galvanized with those guys, in a league, by the way, where they tell you either be 1-16 or 16-1. and one, That's right. 7-10 and 10 is your enemy. Those guys are busting ass to be 7-10. and 10. Oh, That is... Are. That is something very different and very noteworthy. Go ahead, Young Zach. Yes, no, Josh McDaniels is basically Kenny Payne. Like, Josh McDaniels is a guy that has proven in two coaching stops that he's a fraud, and you saw the Raiders basically give up on him midseason. You, you, you watched the Raiders play with Antonio Pierce. They beat the Chargers 63-21. They go beat the Chiefs and beat T-Swift on Christmas. I mean, the fact that that team plays as hard as they do is remarkable, and the Raiders are bought in, and the Raiders are interesting. Louisville can do that. Louisville's not interesting right now. I've talked about this with my family. I've talked about this with a bunch of people. There's nothing interesting to talk about with them. If they had an interim coach, at least you can galvanize them for a little bit. At least there would be some fan curiosity. Like The Raiders would be... We wouldn't be talking about the Raiders if Josh McDaniels is still the head coach. We're talking about them because Antonio Pierce has not playing hard. I just want to see something like that galvanize this Louisville team because it hasn't happened for a very long time, and that's why you make the move midseason. The other missing part of this is, it, based on the assumption that not making the change right now is fine and that nothing would be different if you did make a change, you're making an assumption about your basketball program, too. That there is no energy at all. Now, those people might be right. They might be. But in my mind, I do think you need uh, to make a change here. Um, do, do, do. Texture, uh, disagree with me. Uh, d- dumping a coach midseason really screws the players, assuming they still want to play for him. And that matters. At the end of the day, it's college athletics and not professional sports. Although with NIL, Louis, it is growing closer and closer. But the staff is an absolute joke. It needs to be blown up at the season's end immediately. Um, Nolan Smith never ceases to amaze. Texture, Raiders made a change in holy bleep. It's working. Oh, good timing. Uh, Texture, uh, can now be said UofLAD, uh, part of basketball demise uh, by the head coach hire and not moving forward from the head coach. I just, at this point, he has decided to shift the blame from purely on the coaching staff to on himself by making that declaration. Yeah. Because it, when you're quiet and you don't say anything, it doesn't have to be an endorsement. Uh, it can actually you, you can actually say a lot by being silent. The second you say, this is who we're rolling with, this is what we're going to do going into the conference season, you've taken on a substantial you've taken on more of the accountability with that than anything. And I get it, that's part of the job. I get it. I really do. That's why he makes, you know, a lot more money than a lot of people around this town. But at the same time, the, the idea, the, the very idea that this can't change. We had a great example in Kansas City over the weekend of a team that showed up like crazy, could not move the ball and no one quit. Could not move the ball and no one quit on that team. 
and and I get it. It's a rivalry and whatever else. But I saw quit against Kentucky. Yeah. I saw quit against Kentucky. They scored two touchdowns in seven seconds. That was the entire game. <laughs> the whole game. Yeah, Texter also said the Raiders don't have money issues to pay buyouts. Well, they're paying. They're, they're still paying John Gruden, and they're still paying Josh McDaniels. I know they make a lot more money than Louisville, but still, they're paying coaches not to coach too. Texter, uh, it's a home run take from Zach Kenny Payne as Josh McDaniels. Texter, uh, KP essentially took a team that went thirteen and nineteen, went four and twenty eight, and they're headed towards seven and twenty five at this rate. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. I, I just, I again, and it needs to be said as many times as we could possibly say it. At this point, if you, you know, if someone is a is a defender of Kenny Payne, purely just that he needs more time, they care more about Kenny Payne than they do about the program. It's, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, t- <laughs> texture. Um, trade proposal. The Pistons never win a game. The Lions never win another game. You receive. The Lions win the Super Bowl. We'll get into the Pistons later. <laughs> Don't worry. I got thoughts. <laughs> I got thoughts. How about them Lions? How about them Lions? I got Lions thoughts, too. NFL was fun this weekend, man. Oh, it was. That was a good weekend, man. Yes, it was. The, the, the Christmas games were much better uh, than the Thanksgiving games. That was a good weekend, man. Yes, it was. That was a good weekend. <sighs> Did some horse racing yesterday. They opened the season out of Santa Anita yesterday. Your boy hit a... Uh, boy hit the late sequence. We're, we're doing the damn thing. It was a good day. It was a good. It was a good, it was a good St. Stephen's Day at our house, or, or as Zach calls it, Someday when you take the trash out after Christmas. <laughs> oh, man. All right. On the show sheet, Ja Morant, dude. Hilarious. Um, are, I, Devin Neal staying at Kansas as a running back. I have a question about that. I think Zach will be interested in. We'll do Bologna or Slami at 11. Uh, we'll talk to Mike Gandalfo next uh, as part of his weekly spot with us here on Wednesday. The Joe Flacco thing is also very funny to me. I don't know what else I could say, but it, it's, it's, it's very, very funny. But like I said, just to, to close up this segment, I, I think you did get a good glimpse into what can happen with an interim. And that's, that's, that's what I would point to. Now, I can't point to the finances. I can't point to whether the players even want a change at all. Now, there have been many times, I'm sure for you and me and, and whatever else, that in your life you, you've thought, oh, man, this change isn't going to be good, but then it turns out to be a good one, right? And And – you know, small example, I'm sure they were like, hey, Zach, uh, Louie's going to do a show you should go produce. And he was like, ugh, well, this is going to be a dumpster fire. We'll be done in two weeks. And they haven't taken us off the air yet, so there you go. There we uh, go. The, <laughs> yet. Uh, <laughs> I just, winning in the end, uh, Crawford writes, is the only thing that will turn the temperature down on the present situation. Um, maybe. Maybe. I mean, it, and I get that it's, it is a win-loss business for sure. And obviously, that's the, the the main criticism of what's going on. But look, I mean, this is this is hard taking on some of the responsibility. And, and look, again, it's a job. It, it is what it is. First hour of our show is presented by Kentucky Tourism at KentuckyTourism.com. Check them out on socials, Facebook, Instagram. Great shots around the state here as we get uh, into New Year's. A bunch of great opportunities uh, around the state to bring in uh, 2024. Check it out, KentuckyTourism.com on the other end. Talk to Mike Gandalf. We'll get you ready for that bowl game tomorrow. We'll do it next year, ESPN 680, 105.7. Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. 
Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. You are listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome back in. 10 o'clock hour here on a Wednesday. Little Mr. Jones. <laughs> little crowded crows. How about that? Uh, coming back in here uh, on ESPN 680-1057. My name's Louis Rabo. Thanks for finding us today. 437-9680 is the UPS Jobs text line. I love it when you text the show. Want to interact with you. You are the co in Rabo and Co. Reminder, Louisville football tonight. Uh, USC. In the Holiday Bowl out there in San Diego, 6.30 start there on 93.9 The Ville. Uh, Mark Ennis, of course, will get you going on the drive at 3 o'clock over there across the hall as well. Network coverage at 6.30. After the broadcast, you'll have Mark uh, again, Mr. Ennis, working a long day today, that Coors Light postgame show, uh, as the cards wrap up the season tonight. Very interested to see the fallout from that one. We'll definitely get into that game after we talk to Mike Gandolfo. He's from the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame shows at Big Mike Gandolfo. On Twitter, uh, Mike. Merry Christmas, my friend. How are you this week? Merry Christmas, Mr. Rabo. How are you? I'm doing. Uh, I'm. You know, I'm living a dream uh, for sure. Hanging out with Zach Cantrell on a Wednesday. It is what it is. All yeah, right, man. man. Uh, doesn't get any better. It, it literally doesn't get any better. Um, he hasn't shaved his beard in a while. He's he's very unkempt. Uh, I, I think he drove straight here from Columbus. It's a whole thing. All right. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, look, I mean, we haven't talked since the game last week. Uh, you know. Nope. Did you make your way down to the Yum Center for that one? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, what do you miss I had more? To be in the studio, man. I had to be on the. I had to be on. The oh, that's right. What am I talking about? That's right. So yeah. I listened to you, and, I, and you know, I talked about it a little bit on Friday, and just what the rivalry is, the state of the rivalry. I used you as an example, and and I thought your 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 note on the post game show was totally correct, which was this used to be the town talked about the game for two days, and then the day of the they game. Did. Yeah, you, you you had a hard time concentrating at work because there was so much bleep talk in the office or whatever else. It dominated the conversation. And those things have gone away, uh, largely in the rivalry here. I mean, how long till that comes back, Mike, do you think? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, this is not a shot. So don't, I hope people don't take it this way. But Louisville's, Louisville's dangerously approaching like the irrelevance of Indiana basketball that they went through for a long period of time or Nebraska football or, you know, this is not a... Oh, we got Kenny Payne's the bad thing. Now, Chris Mack had him number one in the country at one point. We all know that that, that was true. But there's still this cloud, this post-Rick Pitino cloud. And then Pitino going to UConn and almost knocking them off didn't help either. So I just think at the end of the day, it's like they gotta they got to figure out really what's the next natural move and, uh, and where they're going to go and what's the direction and get everybody on board. That, I think that's the most important thing. I think that's the dangerous thing about bringing on – a super big name, which I'm not even sure they could really get, is that, you know, I would rather bring on an up-and-comer mm. who the president, the athletic director, everybody's lockstep. This is the direction we're going. This is how we're going to do it. 
and then we're going to get after it. And I think that's that's really what they need. They had, it needs to be a whole organizational effort in order to make sure that the rivalry can come back to where it is. And I, I've said it on the air several times. I'm a person who has been involved with the Louisville basketball program in the past. I want the Louisville basketball program to be good. The rivalry's better when they're good. It is so much more fun when both teams are ranked in the top 20 in football or basketball than it is if one team's hurting or they, even if they both are no good, you know? And that's not fun for anybody. Mike Gandolfo with us. At Big Mike Gandolfo on Twitter, go find his stuff there. He's traveling. He'll be covering the uh, bowl game in person tomorrow there in Jacksonville. Uh, one more on the bowl basketball. Bowl game's on Friday. Or on Friday, excuse me. You're traveling tomorrow. Yeah. Excuse me. Traveling tomorrow, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm mixing up my dates. Uh, the On the basketball side, you know, Justin Edwards, are we at a panic moment yet with him, or is this more just, look, he starts, he plays 13, 15, 17 minutes, and, and the team wins, and that's all that matters? No, I don't think you're on a panic mode. I mean, at the end of the day, Cal's got to figure out who's going to help them win. And everything, you know, I, when I used to coach, uh, especially high school basketball, it was a little different because everybody, everybody was going to make the district tournament. It really didn't matter. And I actually, at the beginning of the year, we could probably tell you what the order of finish was going to be in the district so that <laughs> right. you could figure out how the seeding was going to go. So I was like, you know what? we got 30 scrimmages to figure it out before the, the year really begins. And um, at the end of the day, I think that's what Cal's got to do. He's got to figure out his rotations and what's going to work best to kind of keep people engaged and involved and who's going to give him the best chance to get to the Final Four and potentially hang the, the ninth banner. Um, I'd be much more concerned, not necessarily on Justin Edwards, but you know, if this team's going to be a title contender, they got to become better defensively, and that is uh, that's where they should probably in, in figuring out what guys are on the floor are going to help them give them more consistent defensive efforts. Probably get a bigger deal than you know just Justin Edwards in general. Camp Cal coming up here. How worried is Mike Gandolfo that he's going to slow this thing down? <laughs> that he'll blow the whole thing up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, 40% worried. Wow, yeah. Okay. I think, you're in, the, I think yeah. you're in the majority there in the fan base, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just it's the reality of it. It's like if there's um, – it's how much do you really – what does he, he loves to use the word tweak, right? So how much do you <laughs> yeah. tweak? If everything's working, right. uh, you want them to progress and you want them to keep going in the same direction that they're going in. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if – if you want to mess with too much, besides the fact that they've got to get better defensively. All right, you keep bringing up the defense, and I think you're right about it, Mike Gandolfo with us. What what, what do you see, and what would you do? What is sort of the two-minute synopsis of Coach Gandolfo? <laughs> well, this is the longer answer, because there's things sure. that Cal just does in general that just I don't agree with defensively, in period. Sure. But at the end of the day, he makes a whole lot more money coaching <laughs> basketball than I did. So, um, A couple more Final Fours than you, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. So, um, I think at the end, of the, at the you know, they've got to be able to figure out how they can be at least hovering around the top twenty defensively. I mean, isn't that kind of what the magic number is for? It is. That if you're going to be a title contender, you got to be in the top twenty in both offense and defense. They're obviously there in offense. And uh, defensively, though, if you're going to get to a point where you're called to win six games in a row, and if you include the SEC tournament, you're called maybe to win nine games in a row. That you know the, your offense is just not going to be clicker. It's not going to be there. It's not going to be enough. And um, at the end of the day, I think your defensive effort is pretty consistent. No matter, you, you, it's really hard to have a bad defensive game because you know it's scheme and it's effort and it's heart. 
And um, and I think individually they have some nice defensive pieces. I think schematically they had trouble kind of putting it all together into a good team defense. And uh, I think one of the breakdowns that we saw that Kenny Payne, 100%, Kenny Payne exploited two things, and this is 100% on him. He exploited D.J. Wagner on the on-the-ball defender to guard the drive, yep. and he got him two quick fouls and got him out. They isolated him. I mean, they, they knew that, I mean, they knew that that's what they were going to do early on. And then BHH goes in there and just, I mean, took Bradshaw and shamed him and put him in the corner and where he was ineffective the rest of the game. So um, those things can't happen, especially if Bradshaw is going to be the center of the defense and the shot blocker and whatever else. I mean, they've got to be able to overcome that kind of stuff. Essentially, DJ's got to be a better on-the-ball defender for sure. And maybe it's not. Maybe it's Reed guarding the guy on the ball, and then DJ's taking someone on the on the wing who's probably more of a spot-up shooter and not a uh, driver. But then they switch too much for my liking. I don't like how he handles screens. I hate how he handles off-the-ball screens. A lot of that kind of stuff. Got it. All right, Big Mike Gandolfo on Twitter. His name is Mike Gandolfo. He's with our Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame shows. He's, he'll be down there for the bowl game against Clemson uh, on Friday. What? Uh, let's get to football here. On that side, I mean, how big of a game is this for Kentucky for this season? Um, I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty big. I mean, I think they got some nice momentum coming off the Louisville win. They had some nice momentum in the recruiting side. Um, the recruiting class, even though it's still it's looking like it's a top twenty-five class, even if it is thirteenth in the SEC, um, it's still a you know, top twenty-five class. You know, so um, I I think the momentum going forward, the fact that they're able to have some guys play that might not be there next year that they can say goodbye to, and you're going to see some glimpses of some guys that are going to play in the future. Um, I, I think it's it makes me feel a little bit better about the state of the Kentucky football program that so many guys opted into play, um, you know, like Ray Davis and guys who probably normally wouldn't have played. And um, I think continuum momentum, getting another trophy, even if the bowl games don't necessarily have the same kind of flavor as they did even four years ago. Um, it's still important, kind of getting your guys to head that way into spring in a, in a good fashion. To beat a to beat a name brand in college football the last ten years, to have that opportunity, and I always will tell you that, generally speaking, if a team's excited to be in a bowl game versus a team that's disappointed to be in a bowl game, the team that's excited to be in the bowl game is going to be the one that's probably going to come out on top. So, you know, when you've got a, an Ohio State who doesn't make the college football playoff or a Florida State who doesn't make the college football playoff. To me, that those are the guys that are on upset upset alert. Not that they're playing teams that are better than them, but that I mean, how invested are they? They right. they fell short of their goal, you know. Well, so. and and in your case, I mean, and you know, you're a you're a Stoops guy. I mean, I think that's fair to say you're yeah, a Stoops guy. 100%. But one of the things he's done very well, and it's on a, a long list of things he's done well at Kentucky, is he gets his team ready for the bowl game. They really care about it. And and I don't expect Friday to be any different. No, I, I, not at all. I mean, I I don't like to bet on Kentucky, uh, but I definitely sure. bet on Kentucky in the UK UFL game, and I will definitely be betting on Kentucky in this Clemson game. Uh, so I just feel like uh, they probably have clo- – it's really interesting that they're playing Clemson because kind of at the beginning of the bowl well, – the with Rich, uh, with Rich Brooks, they played Clemson twice in a bowl game, and they beat him once, lost him once. And over that span of you know seventeen years, we've seen the programs go in a completely different direction just to converge back to the same point, which is just really interesting because really Clemson's not a historically great football program. You know, this is not this has been Dabo. They've had they had a one good year like in ninety or ninety one, and and they've been fine. Uh, they've been 
I don't know, old missish, right? Like they, it's not like they've been yep. a juggernaut until Dabo got there, and um, and so it's just been kind of interesting to see the the direction of those two pro- programs. And really, like I think Kentucky can use Clemson as a model. Like if Clemson can do it, why can't Kentucky do it? You know. Mm. Interesting. Uh, Mike Andolfo with us. Uh, Devin Leary's last game in a Kentucky uniform will be on Friday. Uh, is this is he the guy that can really? leave the best taste in people's mouths after, you know, after what was an up and down season for him? Um, I definitely think well, I mean, you want Ray Davis to go out there in China. I think you want to see, um, you want to see Leary do well, because I think you're more interested to make sure that Barry and Brown and Dan Key are put in a position to, to be leaders. So they got a new wide receiver coach that they just hired. Dan Key and, uh, and Barry and Brown are going to be upperclassmen next year. Um, they need to be lockstep with that receiver coach. So, like, seeing some sort of improvement there will be huge, um, but probably more from what we're going to see from the receivers than what we're going to see from, from Devin Leary. Um, I'll tell you what, I, it's, I'm getting to cover the team this year and you actually go to the, the post-game stuff in, in the Nutter Center and all that kind of stuff. It's been really kind of cool just to uh, – I really like Devin Leary, and I, and I wish him the best. I hope it all works out for him, whatever he ends up doing in the next – next venture but you know the guy hasn't he hasn't shot uh, shot away from any of it and um and i think he's um i know it's not been what people have expected from him this year at kentucky but at the end of the day i think he's been a, a good culture mix guy for the university of kentucky mike endolfo with us at big mike endolfo on twitter he'll be on that post game show uh, on friday that's presented by our friends at kentucky fish and wildlife uh that'll be around uh 3 30 uh tune in at nine you get that post game show uh recap of basketball uh which one are you doing this weekend mike so i think i mean we actually <laughs> you'd be you'd be really shocked at how terrible the level of communication is between all of us uh and zach probably knows more than i do uh because zach is basically like zach just works there all the time I'm, zach is putting we, in the hours he actually right? has so. an apartment upstairs yeah he should, and um, <laughs> but I'll probably if I get into the football game late because it's going to really happen during Spreebel's show, and I know Justin Jeffries and right. Max will be in the studio with them and stuff like that, and I might call in later. Um, but then I think I might be doing it. Might be just Zach and I doing the basketball post game show that night. I'll be on the road, but I'll, I'm going to use technology to come in and do the call in show and. Um, and then Zach and I will handle the basketball calling show after Illinois State. Last year, I cor- uh, I correctly predicted that James Strebel would stop working the postgame shows. Um, is it time to predict that Jason Entz will no longer be working the postgame shows? I think Jason Entz enjoys it, but, uh, you know, we'll whatever happens, happens, and we'll we'll handle it one way or the other, you know. On a scale of 0 to 100, how much does he enjoy it as much as you do? Uh, I think he uh, is actually getting invigorated by it a little bit more. I think you know, okay. him being able to maybe talk a little bit more and have a little more ownership over the posting show. I think he's. I think he's in a little ownership talk. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you watching I mean, any of the other bowl games at this point, Mike, or did you watch more NFL this weekend? I watched a lot of NFL. Uh, I cried myself to sleep Christmas night. Oof. Um, Oof. Yeah, it was just not. Is there not a blueprint there, or are the Baltimore Ravens just better than the 49ers? No, I don't think they're better than the 49ers. I think they were better that night for sure. Okay. And defensively, there are some things that uh, Baltimore was able to exploit. And then, you know, there's a lot of unluckiness that just happened on, on that stuff, too. And uh, and Baltimore made the plays, right? So uh, I think at the end of the day, I'm hoping we'll look that the 49ers will look back at that loss and ends up being something that kind of 
refocuses them, get them ready for the playoffs, and, and they go into the playoffs. I do think that's probably most likely Super Bowl, though. You know, um, oh, I agree with that. So we're going to get this. We potentially could get this rematch in in Las Vegas, and you know, it, it'll be a good one. What it'll kind a of one. a Super Bowl watcher are you if your team is in it? I don't know because my team's I don't never be around been to the Super person. Bowl. I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> I want to be able to throw stuff. I want to be able to be belligerent. I don't want anyone to be in a situation yes. where they could judge me. Let's go. Let's, oh. I mean, I, I, could, I never understood people who could watch games in sports bars at all. I could never do that. Um, so, yeah. I want, I want to cuss at the TV. I want, I won't want people to think differently of me after watching a game with me. So, so you, you, if you want to come over, let me know, Lee. Okay. <laughs> you could sit outside and watch through the window. Oh man, that, that's gonna... the play, man. Hopefully, the weather's like Christmas, Christmas Eve, My seven bitches at our house, but full slate of football games and it's warm enough to be on that back patio with the TV going. I mean, I smoked all of from... the cigars starting Friday, all of them, just all, <laughs> just all of the cigars. I don't think our buddy Frank moves from the couch the whole time. So. <laughs> How about that? All right. I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, you're traveling for the game, heading to Jacksonville. Uh, do you have a final score prediction? You have told us that you are betting UK in this game. How are you betting this game? Feels like a 24-14 kind of thing for Kentucky to win. That's where, that's where it is for me. 24-14. That's a hell of a defense. Are you asking for a prediction? Yeah. What's that? Are you asking for a prediction? Yeah. Yeah, 24-14 Kentucky wins. Okay. All right. Okay. So you'll bet them straight yeah. up then, or will you bet them like minus three and a half, that kind of thing? I haven't looked at it close enough to see what makes the most sense is like if the money line or the, uh, or, you know, doing a little parlay or, you know. It's, it was real interesting to me. I played a, like a, a real simple parlay with uh, like an obvious anytime sco- touchdown score and to beat the spread or, and, and those things still pay out pretty well, you know, and sure. all things considered. So um, I'll have to just kind of see how the, you know, what, what are the profit boosts doing and all that kind of stuff. So, What happens in the game if they win 20 to 24-14? What, what is it that, that leads to that result? I just think you're going to see uh, defensively the Cats take a step forward. Um, and, and I, I, you know, I do think Clemson's going to be hurt more by players not playing than Kentucky's going to be. I think that's the, real, that's the real crux of it. But I actually, even after hearing Eli Cox do his press conference yesterday, I think this O-line has inspired the fact that Ray Davis wants to come back and play, and they feel some ownership to make sure he looks good. Well, Eli so, Cox I, talk on a, on a Wednesday. How about that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so uh, I think you're going to see them. I think you're going to see Kentucky win in the trenches. I mean, that's that's Kentucky football. They win in the trenches. They, they typically win games. There you go. All right. He's Mike Gandalf. He'll be on those postgame shows on Friday. Make sure you are ready uh, there. Uh, again, uh, Strebel, uh, Jeffries, and uh, – and Godby will have you uh, on the uh, on the roundtable on Friday uh, as part of that postgame show as well. Um, man, you got to remind man. me to do – yeah, we do have Cle- uh, Kentucky Clemson in the Gator Bowl on 680-1057. As soon as I hang up on Friday, we'll go straight to that game uh, here on 680-1057. Mike, appreciate the time, man. Safe travels. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bud. See you. All right, Mike Gandalf. How about that? There you go. Mike, uh, Mike's favorite joke almost came true yesterday, Zach. So I gave out three bets at Santa Anita yesterday as part of our first-gen you know, website. And the first one was a pick three early on, and it was essentially a wash. It was a $20 bet. It made like 26 Chalked out more than I needed it to. Later on, I liked a horse that I was like, he's not going to win the race. But he's 15-1. to one, He's going to finish second. He did. Meek Stowe yesterday was the horse that Doug O'Neill trading. So I was like, play that play show, play show. That one hits, so we're two for two. 
we got to pick three late in the card. I'm like, play it for two bucks. It's 18 bucks. Hits for 204. Let's go. That's, that's how you do that. That's how you have a Tuesday, people. That's how you have a Tuesday. Got to do those parlays. A little pick three. First hour of our show presented by Kentucky Tourism. At KentuckyTourism.com, make sure you check them out. Uh, it is a matzo pie Wednesday as well. Uh, dropping off those pizzas, focaccia bread, those delicious salads. Uh, the cookies are fantastic. Check them out at their Anchorage location, Douglas Loop, Butchertown, any of those spots. They've got 1020 craft brews at all of them. And, then of course, that delicious handmade brick oven pizza as well. On the other end, we'll do a quick segment to end up the hour. Here I'll talk a little bit about the cards and USC in the bowl game today. Then we'll do bologna or salami at 11. Do it all next here at Rabo & Co. ESPN 680, 105.7. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com slash ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You are listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. Oh, welcome back. Rabo and Co. here at 10 o'clock hour on a Wednesday. Three-day week here at ESPN 680-1057. Again, we'll have that Kentucky-Clemson Bowl game on Friday at noon. Missouri-Ohio State, that game. Cotton Bowl, 730 on 93.9 The Ville. What are the expectations for that one in Columbus? Zach, a lot of buzz around the old Cotton Bowl versus Mizzou? Uh, there's about no buzz whatsoever. <laughs> they actually called it the desert in the Ohio State when they tweeted it out. Like, we're back in the desert. You know, the good old desert of uh, Arlington, Texas. Uh, how about I mean, the, the desert of irrelevancy in your bowl game? <laughs> That's where that yeah, is. Yeah, none of Like, I've never been less... Inter- or not interested, less excited about an Ohio State game unless they're playing like a one double A team that they're going to beat by thirty. Like whatever happens in this game doesn't change my perception of the season. Yeah, no, not at it, all. Man. Yeah, um, and we'll get to use the SEC excuse if we lose. We didn't want to be there. There you go. Uh, we will have uh, Jeff Lightsey Saturday morning on ninety three nine at ten uh, with our guy James Black. Victory uh, Formation Show Sunday morning hangover ten to noon on Sundays as well. All right, so. Bowl game today for U of L. They get to play USC, and I have said on this air many times, and in a way, and, and by the way, Louisville a touchdown favorite in this one. It needs to be said because of all of the defections on the USC side. Is and Zach and I were talking about this before the show. What you know? What is going on with this game? And we're we're at the point in my mind that this is a must-don't-lose for Louisville. And, Zach, do you have that fine bomb? Okay, great. Something that happens on, on shows like this and, and on you know our station, etc. 
is we, we're in an echo chamber of of the Commonwealth in southern Indiana, right? Of, of being in this area, of hearing people in our market talk about sports. And so what we're talking about all the time is the fact that Louisville's on a two-game skid with Kentucky and with Florida State in the ACC championship game. And we're talking about not wanting to end the season with a thud, with three losses. Now, uh, young Zach, you may not know this, uh, in a very minor role, I want to be very clear, I was no columnist, I was no editor, your boy used to write for the LA Times. So I'm connected to a lot of people on that end, in, in the in the LA Times world, whatever that means. And I follow a lot of them on Twitter because of that time and you know have interactions with them. And this bowl game is not on the radar in a similar way to what you're talking about with Ohio State. This is not on the radar of the Los Angeles sports zeitgeist, if you will. Well, where is it on the national stage? Well, here is Paul Feinbaum talking about the game, and I get it. I get who Paul Feinbaum is, but here's how he talks about this game. I'm with the decision by Caleb Williams. I'm more than fine. I think this is, uh, of all the bad news coming out of the Caleb Williams camp, not by him, but by some of his handlers, uh, this is a very smart decision. Uh, USC has nothing to play for. They tanked the, the last half of the season. It was it was abominable watching what uh, Lincoln Riley was putting on the field every day. So I think Caleb's making a wise decision. He'll be the number one pick in the draft. Don't waste any more time playing in a, in a meaningless bowl game. I understand, but just to push it a little bit further, Paul, do you think it's bad for college football when you don't have stars? Because you don't always get a Caleb Williams, right, playing in these games, when you don't have stars playing in these bowl games. It is bad. It's bad for the people like us who put these games on, but it's the reality of where we are right now. And you'll see this. This will be pervasive, Shay, over the next couple of weeks. You'll see a lot of big stars saying, you know what, I've had enough. Okay, so I just wanted people to hear that middle part. That this is a nothing game to USC as far as a guy like Feinbaum is concerned. I'm sure in preparation, if you're the third linebacker and this is an opportunity for you, you're probably thinking of this game very differently than Paul Feinbaum just described. And that's fine. That guy deserves whatever opportunity he's going to get in San Diego today. That's not the question. But I think people need to hear that because I, we have now reached the point of very famously 10 to noon here on the 680 side. Man, it became a, a must-don't-lose with all these defections for UofL. And, and I just think, and, and less now about how does the season end and how you know what's the momentum for next year. The momentum's there, man. The transfer portal has shown it. The momentum is there. Brahm has done the job of, of establishing the momentum for next season. He's already done that. It, frankly, is one of the things I talked about on Friday. The, the juxtaposition of those two programs, of the basketball side, of the football side, they are so different. They are so radically different. And so you've already got the momentum for next season. But we're still talking about a program that 10 wins was an exceptional season, right? Now, the general feeling around it is great first season. Now go do it again. Which, by the way, when you are a legitimate program, when you have real expectations, you say things like that. Yes. I love that that's the general sentiment around Louisville football. Yes. It's why I like covering Kentucky basketball. Because when they don't advance in the tournament, people get mad. They have legitimate expectations. It's why I get angry when I hear people defend 4-28 and or dismiss it as nothing. 
I love what's happening around U of L football right now. I love it because people are saying, "Good, go get the guys in the transfer portal. Good, go get guys out of high school. Good, go win bowl games. Go win eleven games." Yes, that's what I want to be around covering sports. I want to be around mentalities like that, and it is, it is so pervasive in some in some spots. Not to want to do that. You've got guys like Gandolfo, who I love, who I love, who is totally fine. Building a statue for Mark Stoops with no division titles. That is not real expectation. It's not. All of those people have to admit they were kind of okay with him taking the A&M job. Not to make this totally red v. blue, but that it, it is what they it were. is. They were. They were. The U L. this is just another chance at another good step for Jeff Brom. Go win. National TV, Fox, 8 o'clock. This is actually a game people are going to watch. Yes. This will actually get some eyeballs because it is prime time, because it is on Fox, and because it's Wednesday, there's actually no NFL tonight. They're going to get a legitimate stage tonight. It's not the day after Christmas anymore. It's not all the doldrums of whatever. You're not hungover today, whatever. Maybe you are. Yeah, some people. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you. (laughs) I hope I haven't yelled too loudly. But this is the chance, man. This is this is one of those get to 11 wins and push the expectation bar to another spot. And that's frankly that's what I'm rooting for. I'll be I'll be transparent. I'm rooting for it tonight. Yeah. And I I don't care about spreads. I don't for tonight. I don't care about that tonight for this game. Just go in 34-31, totally fine. Just don't lose this game to USC. Yeah, you win 11 games, that's a program builder oh and you don't want to yes. have the you don't want to have it like 2016 where you had a great year but everybody remembers you ended the year on a three-game losing streak and that's what stands out. Like, as good as this season was, if you lose three in a row, that is a that's something that's going to hang over this program. But I'm with you. Like I don't understand how the expectations for Louisville football and the expectations for the flagship program of yeah, U of L right. are just so dramatically yeah. different. When you would expect that people would be more bad about basketball than they are about football, but now you know, oh, we got a good transfer portal guy. Cool, go get the next guy. Cool, go win a bowl game. Like. Yep. This is supposed. This feels like the beginning, or what Louisville fans think correct, is the beginning. Correct. Yes. Right. And I love it. Yeah. I, I love it. I hope they're right. That's I want to be really want. clear. I hope they're right. I don't know that they are. I want to be also clear about that because I don't know if there is a ceiling on this program. I just simply don't know. Uh, Taxter, I'm definitely hungover. Uh, appreciate you listening. The uh, <laughs> very Those are the real fans, right there. Numerous different kinds of texts about this topic. Four three seven nine six eighty. Keep them coming. I know it's a an off week, and you might not be uh, you might not be totally out of your mental game. But let's keep them coming. You're doing a great job today. Uh, Texter, if Louisville loses, I think the season will be a disappointment despite making the ACC championship game. 11 is so much better than 10 for some reason. I'll push back on that. I think it's still a great season to make the championship game for the first time in your history with a first-year coach who you know is is more than other coaches that have been here not going anywhere. Right. I'm not going to say that Brom's never leaving because that's a ridiculous thing to try to predict. However... You have a feeling around your program right now that has not existed for some time. I mean, for some, maybe 15 years, 20 years, maybe. Yeah, probably it's like It's been six. a minute, right? In the middle of the Charlie Strong thing, mm-hmm. boy, they're feeling it. And they should have been, by the way. They were feeling it around here. Yes. And, and, and that was fun, man. It was fun living in this town when that was happening. Taxter, um, 10 wins is an exceptional season. Are we talking football or basketball? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Damn it! I don't want to laugh. See, at that. I don't. I don't think um, disappointment's the right word. I think it's <laughs> left some meat on the bone. But overall, it's a successful. Yeah, meat season. on the bone's a good way to put it. There's it's yeah, a successful there was, season, no matter what, because there were other opportunities yes. here, right? There really were, and 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 one of them, frankly, and it's 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 bizarre to say because it feels 
like a take from 20 years ago, but they may have ruined the chance to finish in the top 10. And when you're talking about moving to a 12-team playoff next year mm-hmm. in a sport that loves its preseason poll, boy, that's a big deal. So I, that's another part of this is, hey, preseason polls are out when we get to August or whatever. Do you remember Louisville last year? They won 11 games. They beat USC in the bowl game. Yeah. they don't. No one's going to remember that USC was a total dumpster fight. No one's going to care. Louisville won 11 games. They beat USC in a poll game. That's what they're going to remember. And that matters for preseason polls. It just does. It just does. If you want to be part of that conversation next season, you got to do that. And frankly, I think it's not just the conversation for next season. It's the conversation going forward under Jeff Brom. Mm-hmm. Is, is that you just want to be part of that conversation every single season. Right? I, in football, more than any other sport. In basketball, just get in the tournament and figure it out. Right? That is that is the mantra of basketball, and it always will be. Football, though, is not cut like that. The polls matter so much. The people in that CFP room are so obsessed with the polls. They're obsessed with this year wins and losses for some reason. And, <laughs> right. and, and If you had lost or not, and your schedule didn't matter. but uh, <laughs> Apparently, losing doesn't matter. Right, exactly. Uh, the <laughs> But the other part is, as a sport that builds on year to year, and that reputation matters that much... And as Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC and the L.A. schools in Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten and that landscape changes and you add SMU, Stanford, and Cal to your conference, you have to stand out. You have to be different. You need – I think you need to win the game today. I, I think it matters for next season. Yeah, I think you got to win because if you do that, you're probably starting next year at least in the top 15. If you lose, then people are going to kind of forget what happened this year. If you win 11 games, people naturally are going to say, you know what, Jeff Brom in year one – Won 11 games, went to the ACC championship game, gave Florida State a game. That's about as good of a first season as you could ask for. You lose, people are going to remember you ended the year on a three-game losing streak. And that doesn't sap all the momentum from the season, but nationally, people are going to look at and say you finished the year on a three-game losing streak. And that's probably going to affect where you're ranked in the preseason next year. You're going to be ranked, but you might, instead of being, I don't know, 12 or 13 if you win, you might be 19 or 20 if you don't. Yeah, that's right. And that's a big That's a big difference because 12-13 gets you in the playoff. 19-20 doesn't. The top 4 teams in the playoff this year. Yeah. We're all ranked in the top 12 to start the season. Pretty much every playoff team in the playoff era started the preseason. Well, TCU was unranked three. last year, Michigan yeah. 2 years ago, right? That's right. But those are outliers. Yes. Those are absolute outliers. Let's be clear about what college football is. I'm not saying Louisville can't win its way in, but boy, it's a lot easier to make it if you don't have to. Well, think about <laughs> it's a lot easier if you don't have to. Even Cincinnati started in the yes. top ten. Remember, they That's had right. to have an undefeated season the year yep. before, and then they came back, ranked in the That's top a fantastic 10, and they did point. it. That's a fantastic example. Uh, Texture, I didn't realize the field was at Padres Stadium. Uh, back-to-back years, they played a bowl game on a baseball field. That's the best media joke I've seen, is that Rick Bozich is covering bowl games because they're actually in baseball stadiums. That's a good joke. Uh, um, hey, Louie, I disagree. They do have expectations of basketball. How else do you explain a 70% empty arena? Fair point. You know what? Fair point. If you want to go that direction, I'm not. That one I won't argue with. Uh, Texter, devil's advocate for losing three to the end of the season. Uh, I think that Diener's right. He said that 2016 is mostly remembered as the Heisman season, and this season would be remembered as made it to the conference championship season. I, I think that's a reasonable take. I think it's a reasonable take. I do. But I think if you're trying to build what people around here are talking about, if you're talking about that trajectory with Jeff Brom and what you think it can be, do not lose today. Because it does set you up for next season for big things uh, as, as the, the playoff expands. And I think is, is the best system since, um, since we just voted on it. Because the BCS was not great. 
This four-team CFP is very strange in a, in a sport with five power conferences. But I think going to 12 next year will be better. And and I think you'd want to be part of that conversation to begin the season. You want to be that team. Hey, who's on the outside of the top 12 looking in that you think can make the playoff? And the, the first thing they say on ESPN is Louisville. Because you just want to be part of the conversation. You cannot be a team in football that isn't part of the conversation to make the playoff. It's just how it works. Take our final break of the hour here on Issel and Louie presented by this hour. Our friends at Kentucky Tourism and KentuckyTourism.com. On the other end, we talk cold cuts. We do bologna or salami. Uh, But before we do that, I want to remind you about my friends at DraftKings. And it's time for the parade in Pasadena. Tradition meets college football action in one epic football game. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make every play count. New customers, you can score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on college football. Look, just a great opportunity here. Tons of available lines, odds. All those games are set up now. You got the Louisville game tonight. You've got, they mentioned here, the, you got the game in Pasadena this coming weekend. So, so, so much more coming up. Of course, obviously, UK in Jacksonville on Friday. Tons of cool action, in game options as well. Something for everyone those money lines, those parlays, live bets, so much more. You name it. And they've got it on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So go ahead and download the app now. Use that code WHBE. New customers, you score 150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting five bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Use that code WHBE. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus. Physically present in Kentucky. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at dra- sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Turns. Blow to your salami. We do it next.